Well, good morning, family. It's so great to have you with us and welcome to our home once again. And I'm really privileged to have Natasha with me today. So, Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, she's uh, going to join me as uh, we're going to share the message together. And the message I've entitled today, Sing and Shout in the Struggle. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take Psalm 27. And we're actually going to talk through that a bit and uh, just share with you some encouragement from Psalm 27. Um, Natasha's going to fill in a lot of the, the information and detail also, and we're just going to chat about what it means for us and uh, how we think it encourages and strengthens us during this time uh, that we are facing and some of the challenges that we, are, that we are facing. Psalm 27 is a psalm written by David. Natasha, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the type of psalm that it is? Yeah, Psalm 27 is a lament psalm. That is a psalm where um, David is busy, you know, he's, he's kind of moaning, he's, he's, he's complaining about certain things. Lament psalms is important to know that about 50 of the psalms, one third of the psalms is lament psalms. And that says to you that somehow at the heart of Israel was uh, suffering, you know. So, so it was just amazing how real the lament psalms was and how it had a specific structure to it. And it's just a great way for me to understand my humanity. So I love the way that David is just expressing himself through lament psalms. Uh, we all know the story of David, even if you're not familiar with the scripture, have not really read much of the scripture, most of us would know David and Goliath. Um, David is a character in scripture and in history that is well known for his bravery and for uh, standing up in difficult times. And, and he, from young, from as a teenager, had to learn to overcome fear in his life. He, I mean, he tells a story of facing a lion and a bear. As a teenager, he had to face Goliath. Um, he was a war veteran by the end of his life. He faced many battles, many challenges. Mm. He was persecuted and by Saul, he was, you know, yeah. He had his own son turn against him. So when he writes a psalm like this, he's not writing a psalm uh, out of a sort of just hopeful uh, imagination and trying to make some declaration of positive thinking. He's really writing from a life that had many reasons and opportunities to experience fear and, and struggle and, and, and suffering, as Natasha yeah. says. And, and he writes this psalm, and I think it's just a great instruction for us yeah. about when we face times of difficulty and fear, and, and how do we deal with that. So, uh, and, and that's what I think this psalm is so, so wonderful at and so, yeah. so rich. You know, in. Louis, you read about the history. If you read some of uh, the, the history in First and Second Samuel, you'll read about the history of David. And, and that's kind of the backdrop of the psalms that David wrote. Um, so did you have just some more idea of what were some of the struggles that he faced? So he writes this psalm and he really writes to deal with fear. And uh, how do you move in a time of fear and choose to trust and to move forward and to lay hold of what you need to do and, and, and step into action and not be immobilized by fear. And um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to work through the psalm. We've, we've spent some time obviously on just talking through the psalm and we've divided into four sections. Um, and uh, David, when he writes this psalm, it's really personal for him. He personalizes it. So I think it's okay for us to personalize it also. So the four sections that we have put out is the first section is my challenge. And that'll be Psalm 27 verse 1 to 3. The second section is um, my position. And Psalm 27 verse 4 to 6. And the, the third section is my request. 
and that's verse 7 to 12. And then the last section, which is the last two verses, is my hope, verse 13 to 14. But let's, uh, what we're going to do is just take it verse for verse in each section and, um, and just share what, we, what we've read up and researched about and, and also what it means for us personally. So let me read Psalm 27 verse 1 for you. And this is the first section where he's talking about his challenge. What is it that is challenging him? And uh, I want you to take as we read this and think about what's challenging you. Uh, as we are in lockdown and COVID-19 and economic strain and just uh, the numbers of people that are, that are being infected and the deaths in our nation is rising, all the challenges we face. Let's, let's put that into this and as we read the psalm. Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So David talks about that there's reason to be afraid. But he mentions two specific things that he puts his focus on to say these two things helps him with fear. And those two things is the Lord is the light of his life and the Lord is the stronghold of his life. Yeah, I think this is amazing for me that this is the confession that David is making. He is confessing who God is. He's saying God is the light. This is this is the all-powerful God, his stronghold that is the creator of the world, referring back to Genesis, uh, back into uh, in the beginning there was like God said let there be light. So David is thinking back of that and he's thinking of this God that's an all-powerful God that is a God that is the creator of everything and this is his confession this is his testimony and and this sets the tone for the rest of Psalm 27. Yeah I, I think the image of light is so powerful we've all been in a dark situation and we don't quite know what's going on and if we feel threatened and if we feel afraid in the dark it can be very very tough uh, but when the moment you have a light that you can hold up, everything starts making mm. sense and you, can, and you can deal with what's around you and suddenly the fear becomes less because you, you can see, you can orientate yourself. And this is what David does. He says, the Lord is my light. I'm not in darkness. I'm, I'm not lost here in darkness. This is not, I don't know what's going on. The Lord is my light. And that word light in the scripture, even from creation, as Natasha says, often speaks about understanding, knowledge, being aware, seeing things the way God sees it. Yeah. yeah, having perspective. So David says, the Lord is my light and the light of my salvation. Um, he's got a light that is shining into the darkness. And so he says, Who sh whom shall I fear? Because the Lord is my light. Not the Lord, I have a light. The Lord is my light. That light cannot disappear and yeah. go away. And you know, there's something very personal about it when David says, the Lord is my light. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just, a, it's, a, it's a fact out there for, that, that we just know about. This is a very personal mm. thing for him as well to say that the Lord is my light. Yeah, and the same with a stronghold. He says, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Um, not just the stronghold of life, my life. And he says, I have found a place where I'm secure, where mm. I'm, I can be uh, safe in, where the Lord is my stronghold. And, and he says, if those two things are in place in my life, I have a light that shows me what's really going on, that gives me perspective, and I have a secure place from which I deal with whatever comes against me. He says, why should I fear? Mm. But he's not saying, why should I fear in a sense of, ah, I'm not afraid. Yeah. He's 
facing fear. Yeah. He's, he's like a soldier in a, in a military operation. And often you'll hear soldiers talk about it. They say it's not that you don't have fear. It's learning to overcome the fear. I think that's what David's talking about yeah. here. Yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, verse 2 talks about how, and maybe we can even read verse 2, because verse 2 is, is the reality. Yeah. It's the reality that he's facing that you'll read about in First and Second Samuel. That is not just a hypothetical thing that he's talking about. This is the reality. He's facing a real, real fear. Yeah, uh, verse 2 says, When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble yes. and fall. He, I mean, David's not hypothetically talking here about enemies. He, he's experienced this. He may be right now experiencing that real enemies with teeth. I mean, strong yeah. guys that are able to not just saying they're going to kill him. They want to kill him and they are trying to destroy him, his family, everything. He says, when I've got enemies rise up against me, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had an experience like that where I've really had somebody confront me and wanting to destroy yeah. me. But David has had this. And he says in the midst of that, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. They may come against me, but ultimately they will be the ones that will stumble and fall and be destroyed. And, and this is his experience. This yeah. is not just a confession that he's making. He's experienced this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love how David is just so being so real, explaining to us his humanity and his circumstances that he's going through. In verse 3, you'll see, um, he says here, Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then will I be confident. It's amazing how you can just see how David's confidence is built on, on who God is and, and that he's sure that God is going to act in this situation. Yeah. So therefore he's not scared. And it's, it's kind of like you get the feel that this first three verses gives you that you need to choose between fear or trust. Yeah. Am I fearing or am I trusting in God, you know? So, so, so these first three verses is building on who is God? David is saying, who is this God? He is the light, the attributes of God. He is the light. He is the stronghold, the all-powerful God who created everything. He is that person and he has always acted in the past. So he will act now. But David's facing a real challenge. Yeah. This is the challenge that he's facing. People are rising up against him. They want to kill him. They want to destroy him. But from this historical figure, and I want us to remember, this is a real life person that really lived. This is history. This is not a fairy tale. This yeah. is not a fairy tale story. Somebody saying, oh, you know, this, the shining knight on the, on the white horse kind of steel. This is a real guy that faced real challenges, significant challenges, and overcame them. And how much we can learn from that. I love what Martin Luther King said. He said, cowardice is submissive surrender to circumstances. Mm. David's no coward. He's no. not surrendering to his circumstances, though the challenge may be big. He understands that anything you want in life is on the other side of overcoming fear. Yeah. And, and for him, to, to he needs to replace fear with trust. And that's the next section we want yeah. to talk about. And um, where he says, what is his position, my position? I'm facing this challenge. I'm facing the, the enemy that's coming against me, but I'm standing in a position. And what is that position? Let's read verse 4 to 6 together. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. What an amazing verse. Amazing. He says, I can deal with all of life. I just ask one thing. 
If I want to be successful and overcome fear and the challenges, there's one thing I need, he yeah. says. Not, not 10 different things, not many different things that I would need to be able to be secure and, and overcome this. One thing, and that is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That He says it's God's presence that is the thing that will get me to, to overcome and, and pass through this time of difficulty. Yeah, he's, he's talking about, uh, you know, in this time of distress, uh, that, that God is his hiding place, is his shelter, you know. And I, I'm just thinking so often when we go through things, you know, that that uh, the first thing I would do is I would moan. I would moan about everything. And I, I've, I've learned so much about David, how, how he... He, the way that he's, he's complaining is, is that he's complaining almost as if he is he, out of such a place of security, um, out of such a place of saying, but God, I, there's beauty in, in all yeah. of this. I think that's so powerful because, you know, whenever we go through difficulty, don't we tend to make everything about that difficulty? We, we so often when, when, you know, I'm going through a situation like this where somebody wants to really do me in, you know, where somebody's after my job or somebody's trying to hurt me or, you know, in, in some way, our cats are performing here on the side. <laughs> uh, if, uh, if, if, if I've got a real problem, isn't it amazing how I can make all of life focused on that problem and suddenly my whole life is falling apart, everything because of that problem. That's not what David does. He says, man, I've got real problems, but my focus is yeah. on the Lord and on His presence. That's where my life is. My life is not even in the answer to the problem. My life is not even in, in, in solving this issue. My, my life is in the Lord yes. and having the Lord. And I think that's to me where he says to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to see Him in His temple. I mean, when you're facing a war like David is, people are coming against him wanting to kill him. It's not a place of beauty. Yeah. It's not a place that you would associate with beauty. I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in the ugliness and, and suddenly and the world. Yeah, the negativity. Yeah. And suddenly everything you see is ugly and you just see how terrible the world is and how terrible people are. David doesn't do that. He says, I gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. In the midst of this ugliness of people towards him, he says, I see beauty. How amazing. That's yeah. quite something. Brilliant. And I think even in the ugliness of COVID-19, and all the conspiracy theories and the thoughts and the political fights and everything. End of day. You know, I can see how people are getting so wrapped up and caught into this thing and suddenly everything. But can we see the beauty of the Lord? Yes. He's always beautiful. There's always the beauty of the Lord. And I find that just amazing, yeah, that, he can, amazing yeah. that he sees that. Then verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. And it's like he says, no matter how bad this gets, no matter what the trouble is, the day of trouble. I mean, this is like makes me think of the allied forces going to Normandy. They call it the day of days. I love that history. The day of days. It was the day of trouble. It was a significant historic day of yeah. trouble. He says, even in a time like that, I'm safe in the dwelling of the Lord. I have a place of yeah. safety. That's it's amazing because he's talking about how he how God hides him. It's it's almost as if he's he's running to God in this day of trouble. He's running to God, and out of that place of intimacy, he then starts facing all the issues that he has. And and that 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 is where he says that God has placed me high on a rock. So in that place of intimacy of security in God, he 
has a different perspective on his yeah. enemies. Yeah, he sees some, he sees things from he, from an elevated place. So so he's not brought low, he's not brought down into the into the gutter, and he's also not exposed. Um, you know, if we think about Many people are feeling exposed at this time yeah. because of economic troubles. They're feeling yeah. like they're insecure. They, they don't know, you know. But David says, in the day of trouble, I am not exposed. I am safe. I'm protected. Yeah. I'm covered. Yeah. Um, and that reality, I mean, can, can, we, can we have that in yeah. our own hearts yeah. and minds? That Quite the Lord amazing. is our place of safety. Yeah. And, and it's, it's also important to know that he's not saying it as a conditional thing. This is not mm -hmm. if you, then I. This is, uh, you must understand, in David's mind, there is never, never a, a conception of anything going, uh, uh, you know, that God will not come through for him. He mm -hmm. will, he will, he, he's, cons he's completely confident in the fact that God is going to act, that God is going to come through for him yeah. in this time. In verse 6 he says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. Yeah, I will yeah. sing and make music to the Lord. And here he's referring to the, 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 the celebration, the feasts that the Israelites mm. would have. And, and it is known that those were loud feasts. They were yeah. visceral sounds that were being made by the people of God as they were shouting and dancing. This wasn't a, a, a quiet little festival. Yeah. He says, man, it, it's almost like people were sometimes looking like they were uncontrollably dancing. And we know from David's life that he did that. Remember yeah. when, yeah. when he came and the temple, uh, the, the ark was the brought ark back in, yeah. and he danced that, you know, he danced his outer clothes off. He was getting wild. He knows how to do that. He <laughs> says, man, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I've got reason to shout and to sing and to celebrate that in the time of struggle, I can shout and sing. What an amazing thing, because he says, because I'm lifted above my enemies. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to overcome me. Yeah. You know, it's like when he stood in front of Goliath and he said, you are an uncircumcised Philistine. You've got nothing with you. I have the Lord God Almighty, the covenant keeping God with me. Absolutely. I'm exalted far above you. He was, he's such a warrior, you know, even in, in this, this time of trouble that he faces. He's just such a warrior inside of him. There's such a warrior inside of him. And I just love that about David's life, you know, that, that unconditional trust yeah. in God. Just absolutely. You know, Louis, this also makes me think of um, when you see the dancing. And it's, uh, although this is an individual lament that uh, David is doing, that is always done in community you know these are psalms that would be sung in the the temple or would be prayed and it, it wasn't just David sitting somewhere in a corner so this dancing was actually him dancing in front of people you know even though it was his lament that he's saying you know I there's fear they and, and things knocking on my door but in front of everybody I would I will show my trust in the Lord yeah and just to make the point of community, our cat just came into the shot here. <laughs> our so cats always come in when we have people. This, this is, her name's Rose, so welcome to Rose joining us for, the, for this. Um, so in the first section, we saw David speak about the challenge. In the second one, he said about his position that he has, his place of safety and security, and his, that he's exalted above. Now we come to the third section where he starts making his request known to the Lord. He says, from this position... This is what I ask of you during the time of challenge. And yeah. I find that the things that he asks God is so great. 
uh, and uh, verse 7 to 12. So verse 7 and 8, he says, Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. So there's three things he asks the Lord in this time of request. The first thing he says, Lord, hear my voice. I ask that you hear my voice. And I think that's an important thing because yeah. so often... Isn't it when we go through times of difficulty and, and we pray and, and God doesn't immediately answer you know, our prayer. It's so easily that we feel that God, doesn't, yeah, <laughs> that God is not hearing us. That God has, has turned a blind ear to uh, a deaf ear, sorry, a blind ear, <laughs> a blind eye and a deaf ear towards us. That he's no longer concerned with us. And it's so easy to feel like lost, like disconnected from God. He says, the first thing, if I'm going to make it through a time of difficulty is yeah. I need to remember that God hears me when I cry out. It's like he's educating himself. Yeah. He's educating his soul. He says, you, David, you hear and you do. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah, because our emotions in times of difficulty, isn't it that our emotions starts rising up? And, and we end up in a situation where we have to choose to not believe what our emotions tell us and to not be led by our emotions. And that's what our emotions tell us. Our emotions tell us God doesn't hear us. Yeah. And here David says, no, no, let me instruct my emotions in the truth that the Lord hears my prayer. So he asks, he says, Lord, I ask you this. I mean, think of all the things you want to ask in a time of trouble for money, for health, yeah. for whatever we need. He says, no, no, the first thing I ask is that God will hear my voice because yeah. God is my place of safety. He's my light. Mm. Yeah, and he's saying here yeah, that um, in, in verse, verse 8, my heart says of you, seek his face, your face I will seek. So David is doing, he is, it's like he went to God and he said, what must I do in this? And God is saying to him, seek my face. So he is putting action to the strategy that God gave him. You know, So I love this because he is handling his issue actively. Yeah. He doesn't handle it uh, pa passively. You know, He's not just sitting and moaning and and. That's the amazing thing about a lament psalm is it always, always has praise in it. It, it might be that time of complaint and that time of petition and, and just really yeah. praying and asking God, but it always has praise in it as well. So here you see David putting action to what the strategy that yeah. God gave him. Yeah, it's a, a lament. I think is, it's, it's a place where we, we bring our humanity to mm. God. Humanly, I'm feeling fearful. But I'm going to rise above that yeah. and I'm going to trust. Verse 9 to 10. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive will me. Will never forsake me. And, and that's the amazing thing. Again, it's the second thing he asked the Lord. First he said, Lord, that you will hear my, hear my voice, hear my cries. Then he, says, then he says, do not hide your face from me. Don't turn away from me. Yeah. And again, it's what our emotions will tell us in a time of difficulty. Is that in some way we failed yeah. God and God is now angry with us. God has rejected us. God has, has left us um, and, and he's not interested in us anymore. And our emotion starts telling us that. And then we become frantic yeah. and anxious. And then we start you know, we, putting ourselves in a place where we can make some really stupid decisions yeah. because we, we're anxious. He says, no, no. Even if my parents had to forsake me. I mean, you know, yeah. even if that happened, God will not forsake me. Again, he's instructing yeah. his, his heart, his yeah. emotions in this. He's educating himself all the time. And that, that what he's talking about, remember, 
it, it, it's, it's said in the light of verse 1 to 3, where, where he's talking about who God is and that God has acted in the past, God will act again. So he's educating his soul, saying that, remember, this is my hiding place. That is, it's from this place of intimacy that I am I'm running to God. I'm not running away from him. I'm getting strategy from him. I'm seeking his face. That's what he said I must do. And this must start, might take time. How many of you know how much patience you need? You know, when you're asking God or when you're going through a tough time, this is, it's, it drives you nuts sometimes, but it's just that patience, but it's not patience that stands on its own. It's patience that's founded on who God is yeah. and what he has done in the past. Yeah. Verse 11 and 12. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. He's in a context where people are saying things about him that's not true. And he says, Lord, teach me how to behave in this time. What is the path out of this difficulty that is your path that will lead me straight out of this? You know, when we face difficult times, perhaps even particularly when people slander us and, and when mm. false stories know, are being stoked, spoken about us, isn't it our tendency to want to, to, to get back at them or, yeah. or to, to overpower the situation? Yeah. Or he says, no, Lord, teach me your ways. It's a beautiful picture to yeah. me. Like he comes and he says, Lord, take me by the hand. I don't want to do the things that I feel I should do, that my emotions cry out for. I, I want to do what you want me to do. Tell me, Lord, show me how to do that. So that, so that my, he, he, and he speaks about desires. He says, do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. And I think he means that in terms of both the, what the, the people desire to do to him, but also what his desires to may be in them. him to do to them. <laughs> yeah. And he's also addressing his own desires yeah. and say, let me not give in to my desires. To, to get my own back, but let, yeah. Lord, uh, just help me to come through this in your straight path. Yeah. yeah, so he's basically saying, God, show me your ways and then give help me to act on that. Show me what what is your ways. How do I handle situations like this? How do I handle my enemies? And and show me, uh, give me that strength and show me how to do this. Yeah. Not just what must I do, but how should I do it? Yeah. The wisdom. And then we come to the last section, which is verse 13 to 14, the last two verses of the Psalms. And this is sort of the high point. This to me is the point that it builds to. Yeah. And this section I, we've entitled my hope. So first we had my, 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 my challenge. Then we had my position. Then we had my requests. Now we have the hope that we have. And I love verse 13. It's one of my favorite verses out of a Psalm. It's to me, it's so real, it's yeah. so visceral yeah. in a sense, where he says, I remain confident of this. Yes. Whenever we go through times of difficulty, it's we need confidence. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got a choice. What do you put your confidence in? Do you put your confidence in yourself? Now we know that as confident as you can be in yourself, and and, and it's good to have some level of self-confidence, but ultimately there's yeah. things that's beyond any of us to do. We can't solve every problem. We can put confidence in others, yeah. but the same. They won't you know, always make it. We can put confidence in some institution or knowledge or whatever. Yeah. It's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. But he says this. He says, I remain confident of this. And this confidence 
is what we spoke about earlier. It's, beca it's because of who he knows God to be and how he's experienced yeah. God acting in his life. That's yeah, like this. he's drawing a conclusion. Yeah. He's going, he, he went through all of these things and he's confessing all these things and he's go going through everything and, and, and rethinking things and, he real and he's coming to that conclusion again that this is who God is. His confidence is in him. Like I said before, that there's never a doubt in David's mind that God will not come through yeah. for him. And this is what he says. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I mean, oh man, that encourages yeah, so amazing, me. Yeah. You know, and for us right now, we will see the goodness of the Lord now. There's an immediacy to this. Yes. This is, I mean, it's great. We have a long-term perspective. We have an eternal perspective. We often speak about that as Christians, that we that we know in for eternity things are going to work out in our favor. We're going to be with God in yeah. eternity. But there's also the hope that now, in this world, in this situation that I find myself, David says, "I will see the goodness of the Lord." In this situation where my enemies are trying to destroy me, where they're slandering me, where they want to kill me, where armies are coming against me. It says, in the midst of that, I have and will continue to see the goodness of the Lord. You will see the goodness of the Lord in yes. your life, in this situation. Your business may be failing. You will see the goodness of the Lord. You may be struggling with your online learning and education. You will see the goodness of the Lord. Your relationships may be struggling. You will see the goodness of the Lord. If you stay your, your hope and your, your faith secure in Him, yeah. you will see His goodness. Yes, I mean, I, I think that is such an encouragement to all of us just to, to know that even if it takes time, you know, even if, we, if it doesn't happen the way we think, but God is just amazing. And then in, in verse 14, you see, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. This is when David is turning to the congregation, to the people, and he's, and he's encouraging them. And he's saying, now that you know all of these things, now that you see all of these things, now wait on the Lord. Again, ending, a lament psalm always ends with that encouragement, with that hope. He's saying, to people there is hope yeah so what i think just to summarize to end this what we learn from david in this psalm as a man that has learned how to overcome fear and to stay on the path of the lord and to find his hope and his security in the lord what we learn from him is that it's right to be a human being <laughs> i mean it feels silly to say that yeah. but to have human emotions and to have human frailty that's we all have that yeah but do you allow that to overcome you or do you take that to the Lord and put and your trust in it, Him yeah. and, and put action to it? And, and so therefore, I think this process almost that Psalm 27 has is a great process where, where, he, where it's good to make our challenge known to the Lord. Say, Lord, this mm. is my challenge. What's your challenge right now? What are the things that you find difficult? I wonder if as we end the sermon, if you can share with one another. Just talk with each other. What is your challenge particularly during this time? Make known your challenge. Then to think about, but what position do you have? From where do you address these challenges? What, what do you have? What are you secure in yeah. that, that gives you the strength? The Lord 
that gives you the strength to address this challenge. Are you secure in that relationship yes. with God, in who He is, or are you facing it on yeah. your own terms? And then from that place of security, make known your requests. Mm. As a son and a daughter of God, make known your request. Mm. You're not an outsider. You're yeah. not begging for God's attention. You're not trying to convince Him to to to. You're a you covenant know, people. You're a covenant person. Yes, you, you have a covenant with God. You are his son and his daughter. You can make known your requests mm -hmm. to him. And he hears your requests. He will not turn his face away from you. And he will teach you how to go through this time. And then the last thing is to, is to then declare your hope. What is your hope? What is your dream? What is that which you say, this is what I know mm -hmm. God is going to do. And uh, I think if we can... Stay in that kind of a process yeah. almost. It's really helpful for us whenever we face times of difficulty and of fear. So as we end, can you consider these questions? First of all, what is your struggle? What is your struggle? Then secondly, what is your position? Where are you secure? In? Thirdly, what are you asking of the Lord? Mm. And, and lastly, what is your hope that you have before the Lord? Yes. We're going to end this time together and just pray with you. I'm going to ask Natasha to pray and then I'll, I'll wrap it up and also with a word of prayer. And so won't you pray for us? Thanks, Natasha. Yes, Lord, thank you that we are a covenant people, Lord. And that means that you are our God, we are your people, and you will be with us. So I want to pray, Father, that you would be present in every single person's life, where they are watching right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I want to pray for, for that choice between fear and trust. I want to come against a spirit of fear in mm. Jesus' yes, name. Lord. We resist yes, you, spirit Jesus, of fear. We war against you in, yes, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Jesus. You will not take hold of our lives in the name of yes, Jesus Lord, Christ. In the, in the face of fear, we proclaim that we are serving an almighty, all-powerful God, the creator of the universe, and we trust in him. We declare it in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. Lord, we thank you that, that we can bring our lives to you. Our humanity, our frailty, our emotions that, that jump up and down, that how easily we can get mm. just pushed around, Father, in our hearts. And we bring all of that to you. And you know us, Lord. You, you're not surprised by our frailty. You know us. But thank you, Father, that we can come and stand and bring our requests and make them known to you. Yes, and that you will teach us the path of life. That you strengthen us. That you give us a place of security. That you give us light, mm. Lord, to shine into the darkness. And so that we have overcome the enemy. And we thank you for that, Lord. And that... that you are doing a good thing in us during this time. And I, I pray that for every person on, that has enjoyed this broadcast with us. I pray for every family. I pray, Lord, that we would experience that you are with us and that we would overcome fear and grow in our ability to trust yes, you in this time. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you that uh, if you need prayer today, won't you go over to the online church platform uh, at hccs.online.church for Hatfield South, uh, hatfield.online.church for the Hatfield uh, platform. And uh, there you will find people that are ready to pray for, with you. It may take a little bit of time as they're praying for others to get to you. So just wait there, post your prayer request, and they'll get to you eventually. Particularly if you want to give your heart to Jesus. If you're saying, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need Jesus in my life. Tell them, and they will pray with you, and they will help you. We love you. We love you. It's a great <laughs> honor for us to serve 
both churches and to serve Hatfield uh, in its totality and everybody else joining us from all over the world. May the Lord bless you and be with you. Bye. Bye.